How are we supposed to live in a world that um, really speaks about comparing ourselves to one another and really, um, you know, pushes us towards that when, you know, in Scripture it talks about that's the whole, we're not supposed to be measuring ourselves that way at all. And so we're going to be opening up with that. But comparison is actually a universal issue. This isn't just a Western world issue. It's, it's across the world. And uh, Anley Stanley says it's because we live in the land of Ur. So if you guys want to look up here for me. We all live in the land of Ur. We live in rich-er, skinny-er, smart-er, tall-er, pretty-er, happy-er, hip-er, and married-er. <laughs> uh, married-er is for those, you know, that are single and you're like, why am I not married yet? Um, we constantly are looking around and going, why am I not these things? Why am I not rich-er? Why am I not smart-er? And um, when you start getting yourself in that track and in that mindset of living in the land of Ur, you end up becoming what we see as superior. Um, you start looking at yourself and comparing yourself to other people and thinking that you're better than them. You tend to not have as much compassion for people. You tend to not have as much mercy. And you just ultimately, yeah, you just think you are the best thing ever. And um, you end up hurting other people because of that. So, yeah. And so we're going to keep going in our Galatians series. We're in the last chapter of Galatians chapter 6. And um, what's cool when we look into scripture, uh, typically we kind of have questions we're asking, and then God's word speaks to us. It kind of speaks back. It like gives the Holy Spirit stuff to work with on us. And so the questions we're asking today is, okay, well, we're talking about comparison. So how do we not compare ourselves to others? How do we get into a different mindset? And for that matter, what does the Bible say about us measuring up? And how do we live that out? What the Bible is actually calling us to um, as Jess and I just started digging into this little passage, and we've been in this for, what, three or four weeks, mm -hmm. something we've kind of like chipped away, getting ready, because we really believe we can't teach something God didn't teach us. So we've been asking, where do we see ourselves in this? Where is God right. speaking? And, you know, the thing that kind of stuck out to us, uh, the big truth was this, and that's that when we live in step with the Spirit, when we follow Jesus and we live in step with this Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, we always measure up. If you live in step with the Holy Spirit, you will always measure up. And the comparison game, it just goes away. And so um, as we start off, I just wanted to pray for us uh, that God would kind of get us ready, that he'd do the work in our minds, the work in our hearts that we need to be done so that we can go and we can live this out well. Yeah, exactly. So let's just bow our heads. Let's just ask for his help. Jesus, uh, as we come today, um, gosh, I thank you for just chances to, to laugh. Um, God, on this fifth day of Christmas, would you just um, give us a joy as we look and we just let your word just um, hit us where we sit, um, good, bad, ugly, um, whatever state our life's in, would you just um, transform our minds uh, so that our thoughts can be your thoughts? Would you transform our hearts um, so that we can just clearly know um, that you're up to something, you're working in us, you want to work through us, God. Uh, we want your help today with this. Uh, we don't want to walk out of here the same people we came in as. Um, God, just, uh, just humble us. Uh, just Please just show up and speak in a loud, obvious way um, so that we can go out and do what you call us to do. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, you know, a lot of times when we tee things off, um, there's certain things that, at least in my opinion, you always have to have you know, and that's a map. So Jess actually has a map for I us. I have a map. I have a map for us today. This is how we actually got here today. Um, so 
we've got, you know, we're heading from our office. The blue line is you. That's you, Mike. Oh. And um, you came up here on the stage. I went to the coffee bar first, which mm -hmm. Nola Rogers, like, thank you for doing coffee. Like, yeah, Nola. Hands down. Like, yes. you, anybody that does the coffee bar, you guys are awesome. And then uh, headed to Kid Zone, made sure everything was good there. And then, yeah, we got here. So you always show a map. So I wanted to make sure I had a map if oh. I'm co-teaching. I like your map. I feel like my path was much simpler than your path was, though. Mine so. was more fulfilling. Yeah. Very it's great. Touche. Touche, my friends. Now, I will say, though, I do like maps. Um, um, I, yeah, I do. I, I like the fact that you bring them out because it reminds us that this is an actual uh, place. Like, it's an actual thing that actually happened. This isn't just a made-up story. This is, this is our history. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I do appreciate when you bring a map. Yeah. Amen, so, sister. Yeah. appreciate you saying that. So we do have a real map today. Uh, Paul wrote this letter to the Galatians. So as people that were in this region that's in modern-day Turkey. And when you look up here, this is actually a map that traced Paul's entire missionary journey. So he's going, he's telling the world about Jesus. He's starting churches. And when he writes this letter, you notice some of these cities have little uh, green uh, circles encircling the dots, so like Antioch, Iconium, Derby, Lystra. These are probably some of the churches that were getting this letter, and it probably wasn't a very fun letter to be read, as Paul is having it read, whoever was there in the church is reading it, and they say, hey, here's what Paul says, and they're reading it, they're probably thinking, oh gosh, because he's just rebuking them. He's calling them out for not living according to Jesus being enough. They are not living according to the good news. They're trying to add stuff, and it's just this ugly thing, and, and he just keeps coming at them, speaking truth in love, and but what, what's cool is, as we get to the end of it, he kind of shifts gears a little bit. And when he shifts gears, he starts talking about, okay, well, now that I've shown you how you got to get back on this path, well, now, how do you go and live in the way you were supposed to live in the first place? And it's a little bit encouraging, actually. Yes. At least it has been to me. And so, um, you know, the verses we're in today, if you want to flip to it, we're going to be in Galatians 6, verses 3 to 5. Uh, you can go hard copy. You can go tablet. If you prefer your phone, you can download the Version app. You tap the three little dots down at the bottom. And if you search for Shelbyville Community Church, it'll actually bring up the notes for today and the verses will be all ready to go. So you can do that. I'm going to read them as we start out here. So this is where we're at. Uh, verse 3. If anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. So leading up to these verses, a couple weeks ago, Brad and I each had a week where we got to go through verse 1 and 2 before we get to this 3 to 5 we're covering, and they're very closely connected. So Brad, the first week, talked about how, um, I'll just read the verse to you right now. Verse 1 said, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. So Brad talked about what it means to restore other people, about speaking truth and love, and how you got to have both. Uh, we've said it several times, but it just struck me so much. I'll say it again. That He said, if you bring the truth but leave out the love, all you have is an attack. Mm -hmm. But if you bring the love and you don't bring the truth, you just have a crisis. And so this is something we're supposed to do. We're supposed to help restore each other, get each other back on track when we go off the rails. And then the next week, we read verse 2, which says this. It said, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And we talked about the fact we are called to share our burdens and helping carry them to Jesus' feet together. Like, it is part of our MO. It is the gig we have. If we're a follower of Jesus and we are a disciple, that's just part of the game. 
And so that's where we've been so far. And then, you know, with the entire series of Galatians, we've been talking about just, you know, with the reminder of the gospel, um, that with the gospel, if you have that and nothing, that's everything. That when we start adding things to the gospel, this is where we get ourselves in a lot of trouble because then we start adding things mm -hmm. that God never wanted us to carry at all. And so we end up putting mm -hmm. burdens upon ourselves that we were never meant to carry, that God never asked you to carry. Mm -hmm. And so then we end up in a spot where you're like, why God, why am I, you know, feeling all this stress and anxiety and this frustration? and he's looking at you like, I never told you to carry that. Mm -hmm. And so this was, even going through this and studying this, this was something that was awesome for me, you know, to go through and actually study up on because there were areas that, that God really spoke mm -hmm. to me um, as we're diving into these scriptures today. So like, you know, even though we're pastors on staff, like when we study these kinds of things, like God speaks to us too and, and is like, hey, you need to kind of knock this in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was really, really good for me. So I'm excited that you guys are getting to to hear like what we learned a little bit about and then hopefully like what God will share, you know, with you guys today as we dive into verse three. Yeah, and when we read this verse, it's almost like Paul kind of shifts gears. He goes a different direction because look what he says. He said, if anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. If anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. And apparently there's something that can get in the way of us doing what we're supposed to be doing, which is bearing each other's burdens and fulfilling what Jesus calls to do. And well, what is that? Well, when you think you're something, when you're nothing, well, that's self-importance. That's uh, pride showing up in a really big way. And typically, if you're a self-important person, this is the stuff that may kind of categorize uh, us when we get that way. All of us probably do sometimes, but you know, you probably don't have much of a servant's heart. You struggle to sympathize or empathize with people's burdens. Maybe you look, you're like, well, I did struggle with that, uh, but I'm past it, I'm beyond it. Or you're like, well, I didn't struggle with that. I don't know what their problem is. Um, and what we do when we get in that mindset is we end up in a place of self-deception. We deceive ourselves. And I looked up, well, what does self-deception literally mean? And this is how it's defined. It's self-deception is when you allow yourself to believe that something false or something unproven, whether it's a feeling or an idea or a situation, when you believe that's true. So it's when you allow yourself to believe that something uh, is true when actually it's false. And it's a dangerous place to be. Because um, the truth is, eventually, if you live life long enough, your burden will knock you flat. Whether we said there are good burdens and there's bad burdens, you will end up knocked on the ground, and you're going to need help getting carried to Jesus' feet. And if you're in a place where um, you're thinking too highly of yourself and you think you're really important, and you're in a place where you're totally deceived— you're going to miss those opportunities. You know, when we talked about a couple weeks ago, we shared the story about there was the paralyzed man and his friends were so determined, this guy, he's not going to get any help if we don't get him to Jesus' feet. And so they literally go through the roof and drop him right in front of Jesus. And Jesus immediately, he kind of confused him a little bit because he lowers him down and you'd think, oh, he's going to be healed of his paralysis. And Jesus says, hey, bud, your sins are forgiven. It's like, well, Jesus, that's really cute and sweet. But Jesus was saying, hey, whether or not this problem goes away, whether this burden is something he keeps bearing, his sins are forgiven. I've got him. He is enough, whether he uses those limbs or not. And he doesn't get there if his friends don't get him there. And so when I read that, I'm like, I've got this hope and confidence that, oh my gosh, like people have burdens, but I want to help them get to Jesus' feet. I don't want to leave them there. I want to be like those guys. I want to have that hope and that confidence, you know? And 
I don't want to be stuck just looking around at other people. Like, you know, that, that dad in the video, I just commend him. I want to be like him. I don't want to be looking going, oh, I'm a terrible gymnast. I want to look and say, you know, for a dad who's in his 30s and probably has had a few too many tacos, I'm a pretty dang good gymnast when you get me on that trampoline, bro. <laughs> You know, and so that, that's the mindset I want to have. So, so that's the first thing, just looking at asking ourselves, are, am I thinking too highly of myself? Am I self-important? Am I deceiving myself? That's really the heart of verse three. And then when you go into verse four, um, it states, but let each one test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. And so, you know, what this is basically saying is that we're supposed to test ourselves, um, that that's who we're supposed to be testing, not other people. And I know I've gotten in a spot where I've looked at other people and I've been like, well, why can't they do that? Or why won't they just do this? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, why can't they just pull it together? And, and God's like, oh, hun, like, you can't even pull it together. And, and so <coughs> me judging about other people, it's silly because um, at, the, at the end of the day, God's looking at me going like, it's about you and me. It's not about, about other people. My relationship with them is with them. My relationship with you is with you. And so, you know, when this is saying, you know, but let each one test his own work, yes. and then there, he has reason to boast, um, we're supposed to restore each other gently, yes, but it, at the end of the day, it's about us. And so, um, you know, what we need to start looking at is not necessarily what our neighbor's doing, but you know, really take a look at who were you yesterday, and then who are you today compared to yesterday. Um, have you grown? If you haven't, like, don't beat yourself up over it. Just you, you look at what's next, like what's in the future. What does Jesus say about who you are? And start diving into scripture and things. And so that's going to lead us into a couple other pieces. But one of the things that Jesus calls us to is we're supposed to come and follow him. We're supposed to model our lives after him. Um, if you go to uh, any kind of art gallery in Europe, um, I'm an artist. I love to paint um, with three toddlers running around. It's not been like the easiest thing to do. So that's not been my pastime right now. But um, I, I really love to paint. And um, if you go to any European gallery, you'll see other artists looking at masterpieces and they're actually copying them. Uh -huh. And they're like master copiers. So you can get a master copy of these masterpieces. Hmm. And when you watch these artists, though, um, they are barely looking at their own canvas. Um, what are they looking at the whole time? They're looking at the masterpiece. Um, these people will literally look at like the most finest details of these masterpieces to make sure that it is an exact replica of that masterpiece um, from the lines to the tints. Um, and if you look at any Monet or you look at any Van Gogh, if you get really, really close to it, it looks like just a bunch of blur of colors. Um, and they wanna make sure that every single brush stroke matches the master maker, the, the one that created it in the first place. Um, but if, you know, you were to go to this place and you to see an artist, you know, looking at the Mona Lisa, and they're painting the Mona Lisa, and all of a sudden they start adding things into the Mona Lisa that are not there, like cats, or uh, they start not putting lines in, or what if they make Mona Lisa smile? Um, you know, like what if they, you know, they do these things. Um, you're gonna look at that art piece and go, that's not a copy. Like that's, that's not. So that person was not a master copy maker. And so, you know, which version of you are you um, when it comes to following and modeling the life of Jesus? We need to be watching him as, as if we are an artist, looking at the master maker, matching every line, every detail. And the only way that we can do that is, you know, by living things out in a couple of different ways. And so, um, you know, some of the ways that we can do that is through scripture, prayer, and community. 
Um, Henry Ward Beecher actually said this. I love this quote. Mm. It says, let us not take occasional glimpses and work meanwhile upon earthly designs, but let us look long and earnestly till our lives reflect the whole divine image. That's the whole purpose of why you and I are here. It's here so we can model and be like Jesus and be a Christ follower. And so to do that, we need scripture, prayer, and community. Um, with scripture, what does God's word like actually say? Um, you can listen to us teach all day long, but if you're not actually in scripture and actually studying it, um, you could miss some things. I read these first three verses like when we were working through this and I'm like, okay, there's not going to be a ton that we can get out of this. But when we started diving into it and you start seeing how it connects with verses one and verse two and how if you don't live these three verses out, you mm -hmm. cannot carry other people's burdens and you won't carry them well and you're going to end up hurting yourself mm -hmm. at the end. So what does scripture actually say about, you know, who you are, who you're supposed to be and how we're supposed to be walking with Jesus? And then also your prayer life. Um, are you talking to God about these things before you're talking to other people? I'm guilty of that, where at times I've brought things to people before I've even had a conversation with God about it. And it's, it's a good thing to do, but <coughs> you be inviting the one that actually like can help you. Um, you scared me. <laughs> I, I thought it was muted. No. Sorry, Brian. No, no you're good. Um, and so we need to make sure, yeah, I'll be praying for you. That's prayer. Yeah. So in community, that's community too. So um, when it comes to prayer, we need to actually make sure that we have a healthy prayer life because at the end of the day, his opinion is the only one that matters. We live for an audience of one. And if you're here today trying to please your family, all of us have probably been around family this Christmas, right? And y'all probably feel a little, little more judged than normal, or you judged a little bit more than normal. And um, it, we can kind of enter this day, like this Sunday, a little heavy laden, right? Because we're trying to figure out our goals from this past year or whatever it might be. How's your prayer life been? Are you talking to God about those things? And then the last piece is community. Um, you know, it really isn't bad to go to other people and you do need to help. Like when we were talking about the paralyzed man, he could not get to Jesus on his own. Um, we need each other and we need people. And that's why we have church. Um, that's the whole reason we have church is because we have a community of people where we can disciple one another and come alongside one another um, and help bear each other's burdens. But again, we can't carry each other's burdens unless we are re realizing our own measurement with Jesus. And, you know, lastly, that last part of the, ver the verse says, and lastly in this verse, um, we can boast in Jesus, not in our comparisons of other people. And so boasting, I've always thought that word like was a negative thing. Like when we were talking about studying this, I always thought boasting was like a negative word, like, oh, boasting, that's just a very you know, puffed up thing. And, um, but boasting can actually be a good thing too. You can boast about your spouse. Like I talk about Chris all the time. He's awesome. I, he's a great dad and he loves me and he loves the kids. Um, you can boast about your spouse. How much are you going around boasting about Jesus in your life? Are you talking to your coworkers about it? Are you talking about the things that God's actually doing in your life and in your heart and sharing that with other people? That's what community is for. And so, you know, we need to be talking more and more about what God has done. We can boast because of Jesus. And then, um, then we get into verse five, which you and I kind of, when we were studying this, we struggled a little bit with verse five. Yeah, and because, you know, in verse three, Paul says, hey, don't think of yourself more, than, more highly than you should. Don't be self-important and be self-deceived. And then he says, hey, be sure to test yourself mm -hmm. and boast in the right thing, Jesus. But then it seems almost like he just totally 
shifts direction, uh, almost to the point of being a contradiction, because he says, for each will have to bear his own load. You read that, wait, for each will have to bear his own load. You're like, but hang on a second, you just said we're carrying each other's burdens. So what, what is that supposed to look like, Paul? And so Jess and I had to sit there in the office, and we've got the office subdivided, by the way. Like my side, gluten is allowed. Her side, gluten is not allowed. Okay, it's a big office, so we <laughs> make it work. But we had to basically geek out with our Greek out. We said, all right, the English words aren't helping us because, yeah. Yeah, the English words aren't helping us That's here. That's very bumper stickery. It is very, very bumper stickery. <laughs> yeah, but you've got these words. The first time Paul calls them burdens, and then he uses the word load. And we're like, so are those the same? Are those different? Well, when we looked in the Greek, which is the original language Paul wrote in, it kind of gave us the answer. And what we found out was the word that he uses for burden, which I believe is like baras, it literally is like a boulder. It is something that is so big and is so heavy that you are not going to be able to bear it and move it without somebody's help. So it is something really, really heavy. That'd be something like maybe if you had like a terminal illness or uh, you were in a place of, you know, facing bankruptcy, something like that. You're like, I'm going to have to need some help outside of me or, or I'm toast, you know. But then there was a different word, the word for load, which is uh, portion in Greek. Uh, it actually means like backpack. It means like a smaller load. So a boulder, uh, a burden or a boulder is something that it's unbearable without help. It will break you. But a backpack is something that's a little more manageable. It is the thing that you have to answer for uh, at the end of the day to God. You know? And now it doesn't mean you can't invite other people to help you bear it. But when you're living in step with the Spirit as God is leading you through life, it's the thing you're responsible for. So for instance, if... Jess and I, if we said, hey, we're going to take our families on a camping trip, because that makes a lot of sense, you know, four adults and then six kids under the age of eight. Sounds like a That'd great idea. Such an awesome, <laughs> yeah. So, and let's say, you know, we were getting all the packs laid out. We said, okay, we're going to get all the gear into these backpacks, and we're kind of filling it across according to who's carrying it, how much weight can they bear. So Chris is the biggest and strongest probably, and so he's going to have, uh, he's going to have the rocks and his, not the rocks, he'll have all the heavy stuff like the cooking utensils, but they say, hey, Mike, you're in charge of the food. You need to get there with the food. And I'm like, I got it, no problem. And we make the, the hike, we go a couple miles up into the mountains, and we get the campsite set. Every pack has been open. The tents are set. The campfire is ready to go. And they say, all right, let's start cooking the meal. And I open up my pack, my little Spider-Man pack, and I say, I forgot the food. <laughs> that's, that's not going to go over very well. And, and here we got there. Especially and, with all those kids. Yeah. Yeah. It, exactly. Yeah. And so <laughs> I was responsible for getting my portion, my load there, and I didn't. And Chris is going to be upset because he doesn't have his bacon, True. and it, it's just going to be really ugly. And so that's kind of what this could look like. Um, and uh, yeah, didn't you say you and Chris had an example of a story where you were hiking? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, we did. Uh, so a couple years ago, we were able to go um, to the wet out west and go to the Rockies, and um, I decided it would be really grand for us to go on a hike that was like six miles. And it said it was easy, and I'm like, oh, three miles there, three miles back. Um, we'll say that we've hiked, we'll spend the day doing that, and it'll be fine. And it really would have been fine, but I didn't realize that every time I was laying down my bag, um, my husband, who I love dearly, was putting rocks in my backpack <laughs> to take home. 
Um, not in his backpack, no, no. They were in my backpack. So every time I kept picking up my bag, I felt like it was getting heavier. And so I was just thinking like, I'm like, maybe I just can't like do this hike. I'm like, it was, it was starting to get really heavy. I look in that bag, there are probably at least nine like rocks. Like, and he's like, well, I want to take these home with us. One, I don't think that's legal. Two, uh, the other, awesome. I was like, what are you, why don't you put them in your own backpack um, and carry them? And he's like, well, like my backpack's got all this stuff in it and yours didn't. And I'm like, exactly. Like that was the, that was the whole point. Um, and so, yeah, we ended up, uh, I gave, he ended up taking most of those with him in his bag. But if I wasn't paying attention to my own bag, um, I wasn't paying attention to it. And so I was carrying somebody's burden and I had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. And um, yeah, he thought it would be great to just kind of shove it my direction. And yeah. yeah, six miles later, we're still married and everything's great. Yeah. <laughs> it worked out well. It worked out well. It worked very well. Yeah. So one of the things we were talking about, Jess, is the reality that, you know, like on that hike, you didn't plan on those rocks, but you at the end of the day, when you got to the end, you were answering for what was in your pack. Correct. That was your responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, what, um, what do you, I, I just lost my place. I didn't look at the wrong sheet this time. Oh, First service, good. I looked at page five when I was supposed to look at page four. And everybody was so gracious. It was great. But um, as we ch- kind of start to land this, you know, we're looking at this and we're saying, all right, so we're supposed to live in step with the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, we're supposed to follow him. We answer for our own pack, but we're supposed to carry other people's burdens. And so we've kind of reached the point where we've got to land this plane and say, well, okay, so where are we at in this? You know, if we're going to apply this to our lives, then how do we really do this well? And so Jess, what was the first thing that we said? Well, we and I, when I was thinking about this and like we were, we were talking, the, the picture I kept getting in my head is like, we all carry different kinds of backpacks, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't expect a kindergartner like to carry, you know, what somebody's yeah. hiking with, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't compare the two. I'm not going to expect somebody that's in the army to carry a Lisa Frank, you know, backpack or a Elsa backpack. Um, you know, it's just, we, we, we wouldn't do that. And so we actually do that though, when we're comparing ourselves to each other, because God yeah. has gifted us with all our own backpacks. And so I thought it'd be really cool if we shared maybe like what, like as a vulnerable piece, like to share one, as pastors, we struggle with things, but like what's in our own backpacks and maybe like what we need to invite God into and then what areas we can share each other's burdens and then what areas are we not supposed to carry like at all. So what do you have in your backpack that would be considered like a boulder? Got it. This would be a boulder. Sometimes it maybe feels like a smaller rock, but I I shared about it a little bit. But anxiety for me is something that's with me a lot. And, um, you know, I I shared a story a couple weeks ago about a panic attack that I had. And uh, it actually happened in this building. I was in the theater room. I was in the fetal position. I was on a, like in a booth. And fortunately, um, I was trying to cry out to God as best as I could, like, Holy Spirit, help me in this. What do I do? And, and he, he gave me just enough presence of mind to call Sarah. She came, checked on me. She pulled in Brandon. She pulled in Seely, And they just sat with me, and they just prayed, and they loved me. And they helped get me out of that place of anxiety um, way faster than I could have gotten myself. But this is something that stays with me. I'll have seasons where it's really, really heavy and seasons where it, it's not as big of a deal and I just never know which one it's going to be. So that's a huge one for me. What, what about for you? Yeah, um, so for me, I would say mine is um, control. 
um, I really struggle with this mm. aspect of um, thinking that I need to be in control of things. Um, this is something that I've dealt with since I was very little, um, you know, just in a, a sense of like, just am I safe? Mm. Are the people yeah. around me safe? Um, are the people that I've invited in my life, are they going to turn on me? Or, you know, is my environment good? Like, it's just something I've always struggled with is just this idea of like being safe. And I've wanted to be pain free, which you know, newsflash, we live in a world that's, we're going to have it. And, you know, Jesus says that. But like with control, I didn't realize how much I was trying to operate out of my own life. Um, one of the things, you know, I've shared before is my husband and I's walk through infertility. You can't control that. And so that is something like I had to lay it down at Jesus' feet and go, hey, this, is, this isn't something that I can, I can carry on my own. Um, this is something I need people speaking truth into. And so when it comes to control, I, you know, for me to walk in step with the Spirit, because that's, you you know, our big idea today is, is walking in step with the Spirit, is to make sure that I'm reading truth and speaking that and remembering God's promises to me and through prayer and then also like inviting community in this. I have so many people, like I've got a group of people that I let speak into my life that they're like, no, you can say that. Yes, you can say that. Uh, no, you can't do that. Like, that's not truth. That's, you know, and they, and, and they help me get out of that space of feeling like I've got to have control. So this is one that I have to like lay down at the cross on a regular basis yeah. is control. So um, I know like there's other things in here we both have that are about the same, right? I think you've got this one too. Yep. Church hurt? Church hurt. Church hurt. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, so I know for me, I think our church hurt is a little different, but it's still a church bit. hurt. Um, we both grew up going um, to church. We both uh, have worked at churches before. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, where I've struggled with this piece has been more of like expectations of people. I kind of thought if people went to church, they were nicer than everybody else. Um, and that's not always true. Um, you know, sometimes we get self-important and we don't remember these verses and we think we're better than other people. And then we end up hurting our own people, like our own community, people that we're supposed to be doing life with. We end up hurting each other and we hurt each other deeply. And um, it, that's hard. And that's really, really hard to walk through. So I had to realize that the church is people and we're all made up of broken people. And my expectations of people, I can't I, I've got to lay that at Jesus' feet and recognize that we're all broken and, and invite Jesus into that. So what about your church hurt? I don't, for me, you know, as I started realizing that if people hurt you, it's probably because they're hurting. You know, the old adage, hurting people hurt people. And I think what God had to bring me to this point of saying, um, you know, Mike, they have a backpack on too. Mm -hmm. And just because they're not handling their backpack well doesn't give you an excuse not to handle your backpack well. Ouch. Yeah. And that, that's taken a while. I still don't like that a lot of days. The fact that other people who weren't dealing with this stuff well, weren't bearing it well, uh, came down on me and ended up putting that stuff in my pack to bear. Um, but at the end of the day, I had to really look. And as I read the Bible, it says over and over, Jesus makes it clear, how does he save the world? What's the vehicle he uses? It's the church. So I can't, I can't bail on the, the church. I can't just walk out on people because it's like Brad said last week, you know, mm -hmm. the problems people have, they're not church problems, they're human problems. Like hypocrisy, of course this room's full of hypocrites. Welcome to the hypocrite club, all you 300 of you, along with us, right? <laughs> but at least we're going to Jesus' feet with it. Right. You know, and I, I've just had to, he's had to bring me to a point where I could do that and I can look at people and realize, you know what? Those people, they represent the church, but they do not define the church. Mm. Jesus defines the church. Yeah, oh, that's really good. Jesus defines it. 
I think yeah. that was one of the things when we were studying this that, that hit me the hardest was the whole um, other people in their backpacks mm -hmm. and expecting, like, I would get angry that they weren't handling it well. Well, it's not my job to, to fix that. We also have some other things. There's good things in here, too. So, like, there we, are good things. Um, we're both pastors. Or yours is backwards. I got it out You're of order. A pastor. Did you know that? There you go. I'm a pastor. Yep. Um, so uh, <laughs> uh, we're both pastors, right? Um, so we can we share in that. Um, both, yeah, spouses. Both spouses. <laughs> we're both spouses. Both married to very very awesome people. Chris and Sarah are legit. They we are like them. awesome. People. We're gonna keep them. <laughs> yep. Um, we're both parents. Um, so the parenting piece, like I'm parenting through foster care, so it's a little mm -hmm. different. But mm -hmm. your guys' family has been like huge in this piece mm -hmm. on helping us figure out like how to I mean we went from mm -hmm. zero to three mm -hmm. so that's yeah yeah that's and they're cool. two and under six. <laughs> so yep. yeah six adorable kids oh we here's the other one too um so our gifts we both um music yep right yep. so we both have the gift of, of music and there's one that's different and that was for me like I have the gift of teaching it's something I've learned to do but Jess is very gifted as an admin. She has this administrative gift. So as we're getting ready to preach this week and we're prepping, I'm at the whiteboard, madly gesturing, writing stuff, doodling, drawing arrows. And where is Jess? She is at her desk. She has her laptop and she is punching it into a document on Google Docs, making it all nice and orderly so that those docs could end up up here in a nice readable fashion. So we don't get lost. Yeah, and I still messed it we're, up. And we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're so good. Um, it's a lot of fun to get to co-teach, but especially when you're getting to, to learn um, each other's gifts and, and your talents. And But at the end of the day, like we both have our own backpack. So my job is to take care of my backpack and your job is to take care of your backpack. Yeah. Right? And, it's, and it's a good thing to have these backpacks. Like God uses it. And I don't want us to ever forget that. You know, verse five said we're accountable for our pack. And when you think about your backpack, okay, well, what's in your pack? You probably got hard stuff, some hurts, maybe some habits you deal with, some hangups. Uh, you probably got good stuff. You've got the time God's given you and how you use that. You've got the talents he's given you. You've got the treasures that he's gifted you with. You know, and what God asks us to do is to steward it well, you know, and to just put it to good use, whether it's good or whether it's bad, because that's what he's always doing. In Romans 8:28, and Grace will throw this verse on the screen, Paul wrote this. He said, well, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. You know, God gives a purpose even to the loads and the backpacks that we bear. It's just a question of where do we go with that? Mm -hmm. How do we deal with that? And, you know, what God calls us to is, is to lay that at his feet. So we're supposed to use everything that we have, our hurts, our habits, our hang-ups, um, our time, our talent, our treasure, to glorify God. And, and that's how he makes good out of everything, um, including the things that have hurt us. And I know that that's something that can be very, very difficult, especially this time of year, too, where we can really struggle with, like, how in the world is God going to redeem this? Or how in the world is God going to show up in that? And what we need to realize is through Scripture, through God's promises, He is in it and He is there. And sometimes we don't get to see the end result of it, but it's us trusting Him with that. And it's us taking our backpacks and, and the things that God has entrusted us with, our hurts, habits, hangups, our times, our talents, our treasure, and, and really using it to glorify God. Not because He needs you to, because God doesn't need us to do anything. God invites us 
to do those things. And so you have an option where you can actually come and, you know, follow Jesus and, and use these things to glorify God. And ultimately, that's really what discipleship is. Discipleship is you coming alongside other people and us doing life together and learning from each other, not because we have it together or that we're perfect, but because we, um, you know, we're following Jesus. So it's like, come follow me as I follow, follow Jesus. And, you know, that's where it comes to the big idea today of the, you know, when we live in step with the Spirit, we always will measure up because we're looking at things through God's point of view. So when we're living out these verses, it doesn't matter what else um, other people think. Um, so as you go into 2020, you know, like what are we going to do, you know, with our backpacks and um, how are we going to start living our lives? And so, um, you know, I know one of the verses you and I talked about was, um, you know, Matthew 11, 28 through yeah. 30. So did you want to go ahead and read that and, and uh, share a little bit about that? Well, it's just when Jesus, it's actually just a couple chapters after the paralyzed dude got dropped through the roof to him. And he, this is what he said. He said, well, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, we said there's some good and some bad burdens. Jesus gives us the best burden. It's the burden of following him, of being mm -hmm. his disciple, of going and saying, hey, this good news, it's not just my good news. It was given to me, but other people need to know this. And part of it is I'm going to go, I'm going to bear burdens. I'm going to share this, whatever it is God puts in front of me, whatever the spirit leads me, whatever steps he tells me to take, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be faithful with that. And man, when you do that, it's crazy because I mean, you're slower to condemn people. Right. You're quicker to be compassionate towards people. And it is so freeing for you to know at the end of the day, you know what, God, I did the very best I could to steward my backpack, whatever was in it, good or bad. And I sought to go and I sought to help other people with theirs. But this is what I answer for. This is what I answer for. I started with my own pack and I ask you, show me how to bear this as you make me look more like you every week. And so, you know, that kind of lands heavy. We got to ask ourselves, well, what, what do you do with that? Where do we walk away? And I would imagine some of you in this room, you're saying, okay, well, where does this meet my life? Some of you, going back to verse three, you just need to repent and ask forgiveness for self-importance. Maybe you've been deceiving yourself and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to stay that way. And you just need to say, God, forgive me. Change the way I think about myself and about you. Um, just repent of that self-importance today. Some of you, maybe you need to do what Jess talked about and really test yourself and boast properly. You need to boast in Jesus and look at where he is in your life. And that, this next couple minutes, you need to just spend some time doing that. And for others of you, you just need to say, well, what's the next step with my backpack? Um, is God telling me to pull out some things and talk about some pieces I haven't wanted to, but I need to? You know, do I need to share that with someone or ask someone to help bear mine? I, I don't know. I can't speak for you, but these are some of the ways that maybe as we have this response time that you need to do this. So the band is going to start coming forward. We're going to have this song we sing together. And, you know, if you need prayer, literally for anything, come catch us. You know, the worship team's going to come down here. We're going to have folks over here by the prayer, prayer room. Um, if you're thinking about your time, talents, and treasures, say, man, I just want to give some of that back to God. Go to one of these four boxes in the corners of the room and just give to God um, because he gave to you first and just receive joy in that. And just sit and ask the Holy Spirit, what, what do you want me to do with this? How do I bear my pack well? What's the next step for me?
And some of you might be sitting here today and you're like, okay, one, I just found out, you know, I have this backpack and you're, you're just not really sure what to do with it. And, and you might be hearing about Jesus for the first time and you've got questions about, okay, I understand what you're saying about following Jesus, but like, what does that actually look like? How, how do I actually take that next step of following Jesus? Um, I want to invite you to, to know, one, it's so simple. It's a free, it's, it's free. Like all God wants you to do is just say, hey, like here's my backpack. It literally is that, that easy. Um, it's easy on, on making that decision. Following him isn't so easy, but that's why we do um, have community. That's why we live a life of, of prayer, and that's why we're always in Scripture. Um, because God doesn't promise that it's going to be easy, but boy, I can tell you just from my own experience, like in following Jesus, uh, the, the areas that he's brought me through um, and, and the fact that he stepped in and walked with me through some of those hardest things, um, I want that for you too. And so today, if you're sitting there and you're feeling hopeless, you're feeling like you just have no clue where to go next, I'm telling you, lay it at Jesus's feet. That's where you need to go. Um, that's where you need to go with all of your stuff. And, and if you've got questions about what that looks like, please come find one of us. We have no problem asking. If you're with somebody, today and they they follow Jesus ask them if you're if you're not comfortable coming and talking to us but don't leave here today um, wondering what does it mean to follow Jesus and what it could look like because next year at this time you know in t December 2020 your whole life could be completely different um, because of a decision that you've made today by making a choice to lay your backpack at Jesus's feet so I like to pray for you and um, pray for the team and and then we're gonna allow you guys to kind of move and and respond the way that you guys um, see fit. So let's pray together. Uh, Father, I just want to thank you um, that we don't have to do life alone, um, that you have um, created us to, to do life with you and that you invite us into that and that you love us deeply and that you pursue us daily. And so, Father, I just pray that, um, yeah, Mike and I gave it our best, and we, we, um, we loved getting to study this. Thank you for changing our own hearts um, in this and, and working on us in this. And um, thank you that this is an us thing and not just a by myself thing, that we get to be a church together. Thank you for this church and the people that are in it. And Father, I just pray that if there's anybody here today that is just lost or they're, they're trying to figure out who you are and where, where you fit, um, that they would speak to somebody today, that they would, they would literally um, lay their backpack at your feet today. Um, and just in their hearts and in their minds, they would just say, Lord, I just want to follow you. Um, show me how to do that. And so, Father, thank you for what you're doing uh, in this church and in this community. And um, we just pray that the song that we're getting ready to sing next will glorify you and um, we'll bring you praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.